Welcome, friends, to another episode of Footsteps of the Messiah. Today we're going to be speaking about the month of Shavat. That's S-H-E-V-A-T. <clears throat> so, excuse my voice, I'm a little hoarse. But uh, let's get started. So, let's start with uh, prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this time. I pray for everybody listening. And I pray in the name of Yeshua that you would speak to us through this study by the Spirit into our spirits and teach us insight and revelations about your times, your seasons, and, of course, the greatest thing, your Messiah, Yeshua, and the greater Messianic kingdom to come in Yeshua's name. So, uh, Shavat is the 11th month. Here's some simple facts about the Hebrew month of Shavat. From, again, remember from Exodus 12, the calendar changed, so Nisan became the first month, and Shavat <clears throat> is the 11th. So Jews around the world usher in the new month of Shavat today, while not as well known as the Hebrew months of Tishri or Nisan, where you have the high holidays in Tishri and Passover and Hagamatzah and Nisan. Uh, Shavat is a month that's still rich in much symbolism and meaning. So the Torah doesn't give names to the months of the year, but it calls uh, Nisan the month of spring, the first month, like I just said in Exodus 12. And counting from Nisan, Shavat would be 11. So, the name Shavat first appears in the book of Zechariah, and it's believed to be a word loaned from the Akkadian language, ancient Akkadian. It's related to the word lashing, and the name refers to the heavy rains of the season as winter draws to a close. So, rain in Jewish tradition is tied to blessings. Now, it's also called the Age of Aquarius, so... Um, the word zodiac means circle of animals, uh, related to the word zoo, and it just means that whether you you know have studied the zodiac uh, or not, it, it's just the constellations. So the constellation that matches in the Bible with the biblical month of Shavat is Aquarius, the water bearer, which is interesting because it's tied to water, and also we have the fifteenth of the month, which is. To Bishvat, which has to do with growth of trees, and obviously water is essential to that. So this further ties Shavat to the rainy season, including the biblical verse, water will flow from his wells. Water will flow from his wells. So let's find that. Okay, so that's Numbers 24-7, and that's a prophecy of a pagan prophet, Bilam who blessed Israel because he only could say what God gave him. So verse 7, chapter 24 of Bamidbar number says, Water will flow from his wells, he's talking about Israel, and Israel's seed shall have abundant water. His king shall be raised over Agag, and his kingship exalted. Okay, moving on. So, make like a tree. So Shavat is well known as the month of Tubi Shavat, the New Year's for trees. But according to the Mishnah, there's an opinion that the New Year should be celebrated on the first of the month, not the 15th. But the ruling was they decided to go with the 15th because that's when the um, sap first started to come up into the trees. So it was an agricultural decision. <clears throat> so also in the month of Shavat, Moshe prepared, Moses prepared for his passing in the following month, on Adar 7, uh, Moshe is said to have been born and died on the same day, which is a mark of righteous people. Adar 7, which um, 
allowed him a month to prepare. He took the opportunity to rebuke the children of Israel, as we see in Devarim, Deuteronomy. And out of honor for the Jewish people, Moshe saved these words of rebuke and heartfelt criticism until right before he passed away. He could have given it any time, but he decided to wait until right before he died. Now, another point here about Shavat. The Midrash explains that Moshe spent the month of Shavat translating the entire Torah into the 70 major languages then spoken. Now, um, this is Midrash. This is you know commentary on the Torah and tradition, legend, so forth. Uh, so we uh, can't be dogmatic about it. But uh, if it's true, it follows the point that the Torah is really for the whole world. Uh, the the tribes of Israel were given the Torah to spread it, to be a light to the nations. We see this in Isaiah 42, in Isaiah 49, and I believe in Isaiah 60. So this teaches an incredibly important lesson that Moshe translated all uh, of the Torah into the 70 languages of the world that were spoken at that time. That every Jew has a connection to the Torah, even in the diaspora, even one who cannot read it in its original tongue, as well as the Gentiles. So, there's also a special acrostic. So, an acrostic is when you have a word that each letter of the word stands for something else. And you know, kids do this in grade school. They'll make up like a phrase or, you know, something uh, with a, a word to help them memorize something for a test, for instance. Uh, there are several poems and liturgical, uh, in the liturgy, liturgical poems in the Jewish liturgy for Shabbat, for instance, that are uh, acrostics. So every line, at Psalm, I mean, uh, Proverbs 31, and, and also I believe Psalm 119, uh, they're acrostics also, uh, especially the Eshet Chayel, I believe Proverbs 31, verse starting with verse 10, um, each verse, I believe, um, starts with a different letter and goes from Aleph all the way to Tav in the Hebrew alphabet. Uh, so we don't know who gave the month this special acrostic, but the word Shavat can stand for the Hebrew expression Shenishma Besurot Tovot, that we should be blessed to share good tidings. And how appropriate in the month it celebrates the blessings of abundance, new life, and importance of the Torah. <clears throat> so some other notes that I have here. Uh, let's see, um, the month of Shavat also um, connects to the word Shevet. So if you change the vowels of the word Shavat, you get Shevet, which means staff uh, or stick or rod. And it's also the word uh, that is used for the tribes of Israel. So you have this image of a stick that's extended. It's long enough to hold from head to, to ground, head to foot. And the tribes symbolically extend the light of their fathers down into the generations. So Israel is the extension of the patriarchs and matriarchs. So all 12 tribes are extensions of the patriarchs and matriarchs. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Sarah, Rebecca, Leah, and Rachel. So we are the spiritual children of our parents. Just like Israel is the spiritual children of the patriarchs and matriarchs. So we are charged to draw light, much like water, down into our lives to share with others. How do you do that? You do it by restricting. You do it by not being reactive. You do it by not being egotistical. You do it by um, <clears throat> studying, prayer, fasting, by 
figuring out one thing different you can do for somebody. Do, doing something nice when somebody doesn't deserve it. Um, you know, being quiet, counting to a thousand when you get upset. Uh, deciding not to go on a rant on the road and engage in, in road rage. God forbid, God forbid. So this month, we're bringing latent sanctity to the mundane. You know, it's a quiet month in a way because it's dark, it's wet, it's cold, and the light is just starting to come back. The, the days are starting to get a little bit longer, and you have the rain starting to bring the trees, get the trees and the plants ready to blossom in the spring. So let's be mindful of God in our own daily lives. How can we bring the light of Yeshua during the month of Shavuot and be mindful of allowing the sap to start coming back up into our roots after the cold of winter? And sometimes we go through a cold winter, different times, a, a season of coldness or, or isolation or, or feeling lonely and sad. Um, even in other months of the year, it could be summer, like right now. I'm going through one of the most difficult, the most difficult thing in my entire life. And it's emotional, but I'm learning to find peace in it. That God is in control. My worry does nothing. My, my over-concern does nothing. All I can do is pray for my loved ones that are involved. All I can do is give it to the Lord. I'm fasting. I'm praying. I'm asking God what to do. I'm asking how can I grow through this. And when it is time for me to act or be involved, that God would show me immediately. But until then, I do nothing. So that's it's a very hard place to be. But it, it shows that if God knew I could, the only reason I'm here is because God knew I could handle it and I need it. But it is the hardest situation I've ever been through. So, um, the reason Moshe translated the Torah to all so many languages is because the Torah is for all humanity, okay, all the nations, and <clears throat> it's this is very interesting. So um, the uh, the Torah was originally intended for all nations, but Israel was the only nation that chose to actually um, accept it. So they were given the the mandate and the the commission. And the agency to carry it to the world. <clears throat> so another interesting thing. Shavat is tied in um, more, uh, I guess, symbolic and uh, Jewish tradition, traditional thought. Shavat is tied to the sense of taste. Apparently every, I mean, we only have six senses, so I'm not sure how that works. But every month is connected to a part of the body and also a, a sense. So I, I read that... Um, Shavad is tied to taste, which is interesting because we say the Shehechianu prayer um, when we eat a fruit that we haven't eaten in over a year, and that we we do that at the at the Tubi Shavat Seder. Again, not a biblical mandate; it's a tradition, it's a minhag, and it's a lot of fun. You learn a lot about the Messiah through it. Um, First Fruits of Zion has a couple of publications about um, the uh, about Tubi Shavat, including, I believe, a Tubi Shavat Seder. So. Um, there's a verse in, in uh, Psalms that says, bread satisfies the heart of a person. Let's take a look at that psalm. So that's going to be Psalm 104. And that's in verse um, 13, 14, 15, 16. So it says, God waters the mountains from his upper chambers. The land is satisfied by the fruit of his work. He makes grass grow for the cattle and plants for people to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth. 
wine that gladdens human hearts, oil to make their faces shine, and bread that sustains their hearts. The trees of the Lord are well watered, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. So we have all kinds of imagery and connection here to, to Shabbat. Trees, water, and bread that sustains the heart, and uh, the month is connected to taste. So here's what's interesting. <coughs> In the Hebrew, the word lev is lamed vet, which adds, <coughs> in gematria, adds up to 32. Well, 32 is also the number of teeth that we have. The average person <coughs> has 32 teeth. Eight, eight on top, eight on one side, eight on the other on the bottom. So eight times four is 32. So what we eat is connected to our heart. How we eat is connected to our heart. Now here's also an interesting image that I learned from a sermon that I listened to in preparation for this teaching is that if you make a fist, that's the size of your heart. And if you make another fist, that's the size of your um, mouth, like what will fit in your mouth. And so the together, that is the size of a meal. Like two fists together is the healthy proportions for healthy proportion or portions uh, amount of food that we should eat at one meal. So when we eat, we should be mindful of our heart. And, and this carries into saying a blessing before for the food that we have, saying grace after meals. That comes from, I believe, Deuteronomy 18, where God says when you've come into the land to bless the Lord when you have become full and you've, you've uh, become replete, satisfied, then shall you bless the Lord and acknowledge that he's the one that brought you satisfaction and blessing. So <clears throat> the... Uh, Eating is connected to your heart, and, and be mindful of what we talk about. There shouldn't be strife or, or conflict at the table. The table is in Judaism is symbolic of the altar and the temple. So we're eating to worship. We're eating to release the divine in us. And eating should be joyful. It should be fellowship. It should be uh, open and honest, and it should be loving and gracious. And, you know, we call the fruit of the Spirit in uh, let me look that up for you. I believe it's in Galatians 5. Uh, the fruit of the Spirit is con compared, you know, it, it's literally called a food. I mean, food is, is or fruit is food. So Galatians 5.22, you know, we have um, joy, peace, love, patience, kindness, mercy, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. So the fruit of the Spirit it sums up the nine attributes of a person or community that lives in accordance with the Holy Spirit. And according to chapter 5 of uh, you know, Galatians, um, the, the fruit is contrasted with the works of the flesh, you know, which are right before that in the chapter. So if we focus on, on that when we're eating, how much more powerful could a meal be? The connections between us and the people at our table. Or if you're eating by yourself, the connections between you and the Lord. So uh, this is a, a little bit shorter teaching than usual, but I hope you're blessed and encouraged by this. And uh, soon we will be bringing you the month of Adar. So tune in soon. And we hope you're blessed and encouraged by this. And we never want to end a podcast without inviting you to make Yeshua the Messiah and Lord of your life. Romans 10, 8 through 10 says, whoever believes that Yeshua is Lord and that God resurrected him from the dead shall be saved. So may you be blessed and encouraged. And if you are not a believer in Yeshua, make him the Lord of your life. Make him the light of your life. Give your life to him today. Shalom.